Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, where we partner with you to bring hope and freedom on your journey to purity. The Masters, PGA Championship, Ryder Cup, and Pure Desire Golf. What do all those have in common? One of them is launching their first ever tournament this year. June 17th at the prestigious Persimmon Country Club in Gresham, Oregon, Pure Desire is hosting their first annual Pure Desire Golf Tournament. All proceeds go to advancing the message of hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction and betrayal. Come support Pure Desire and play the best round of golf of your life. It's the perfect combo. To register and to sign up, visit puredesire.org golf. We'll see you guys there. Hey there, I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and we're so thankful you're taking time out of your day to hang out with us. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Uh, hey, boo-boo. I'm not your average a bear. <laughs> All right, so tell us what that is. Uh, that's Yogi Bear. Okay. Right? Your family bear. I mean, that's outside my demographic, I think. Yeah. You know, safe. recently I went through a lot of our past podcast intros, and it was humbling how many of them were from <laughs> cartoons. I think it says a lot about my life and sure. maybe more my childhood. But yeah, anyone who's an avid listener is probably like, you know, he has a lot of cartoon greetings in his repertoire. <laughs> that's good. It is Do our listeners, it is. our listeners use that word, repertoire? That's fancy. Uh, we know. got fancy listeners. That's great. Well, uh, you know that, listener, that me and Nick could go on and on. However, uh, we're not going to do that. We're joined today by one of the more educated men on staff, Tyler Chinson. Tyler's our clinical director overseeing the clinical team, counseling, and honestly, too, contributing some of our resources as well. So, Tyler, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about five big reasons to consider counseling. Uh, really for sexual addiction and betrayal. And we know that in the Christian realm, counseling can be pretty taboo, right? It can be one of those things that a lot of churches and a lot of people who grew up in the church can say, oh, that seems a little scientific or psychological. Um, but we kind of want to debunk that a little bit, but really just talk about really five big reasons why counseling can be so helpful. Yeah, and I'm excited about the topic because I think for a lot of people that grew up in a fundamental Christian home or traditional Christianity, counseling can be seen as a statement of failure. They're like, I failed and Jesus wasn't enough, so yep. now I need to go to a counselor. And that was really my mindset nine years ago before I came through counseling. And 
having then experienced it, my, my viewpoint changes to see that counseling isn't about failure, but it, it's about the strength of acknowledging mm-hmm. I need help. I need other people. And that isn't failure. That's, as one of our speakers says, that's a sign of your strength and your wisdom to be willing to say, I need some help. And so I'm glad to have Tyler talk us through how do we find that help and why and when should we do it? Absolutely. So Tyler, the first one, and these are all stuff that you established. You wrote out kind of a document Mm -hmm. for us. This is all based on uh, a clinical director's approach. We didn't just come up with these on our own. (laughs) But the first one is really the problem won't stop. That's reason number one. So talk us through that a little bit. Indeed. Oftentimes, in, in terms of a couple, they'll come into a, a counseling environment carrying a, a lot of baggage from their childhood. Mm-hmm. And that baggage could be values, belief systems, traditions. And so they enter into a marriage, a committed relationship, carrying their past and that community in their mind yeah. of what is right, what is true, and how to move forward. But the spouse has a similar set of beliefs. And so oftentimes those couples can come together and experience difficulty, you know, trying to plot the course forward. Mm -hmm. And then when there are those challenges, as Nick had alluded to, they believe, gosh, we should be able to figure this out on our own. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not uncommon that we see couples who have had a less than optimum model of marriage, of relationship. So they bring that paradigm into the relationship as well. The analogy I like to draw is um, the life experiences as an individual grows up uh, is based on relationships, experiences, interactions, and each of those relationships and interactions are like pixels. And over time, those pixels create a picture, Hmm. and that's their paradigm in how they view life. And oftentimes their spouse, or in the case of an individual viewing reality, um, their picture is much, much different than yeah. that of others. Right. And so it's, sometimes it's hard to correlate yeah. those different pictures into one. Hmm. That's a great illustration. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they get stuck in a way of seeing things. Mm. And because their way of seeing things doesn't change, no matter what efforts they make, it doesn't work. You know, I, I found as a pastor when people would come just for pastoral counseling, and I'm not a counselor, so take this with a grain of salt, but I'd hear their story, and it was regular for me to find myself thinking they're coming five years too late. Mm. Like I, as I hear their story, I think five years ago is when you should have been coming, but we wait for the pain in our lives to get bad until we finally seek out help. But just curious if you see that kind of thing as well as we're talking along the lines of the problem won't stop. Do you feel people wait too long to seek out help? Absolutely. You know, there's actually research that goes into what brings Mm -hmm. individuals and couples into a counseling environment. And oftentimes the pain has just gotten so great. Mm -hmm. And most people indicate that it's been six years of living in distress before they'll reach out for that help. So that five, six year window is absolutely accurate. I wonder too, my, I would speculate that in America, especially because we're kind of the pull ourselves up from our bootstraps tight Very that we know I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to figure this out by myself. And I know even as a Christian, there are times where instead of depending on God's grace, I decide, no, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to mm-hmm. prove my worth to the kingdom or to other people or to him. And so it's just interesting how those two can be married. And then it's really ourselves. We ourselves are keeping ourselves from moving mm-hmm. forward and involving someone else. Because then for a lot of people, that means I'm admitting defeat. 
it absolutely requires humility mm-hmm. to step into that space of receiving outside help. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy for a lot. No, yeah. no, no. Man, I'm still thinking about six years, you know, and, and to think if someone is listening to this and they're looking back going, man, the last year has been really painful. But back to your illustration, Tyler, if, if they realize their paradigm or their picture hasn't changed, they're just trying harder to change some behavior and fix the marriage they may be looking at either five more years of that pain and then reaching out or maybe this will be an encouragement to say you know i don't want five more years of this let's reach out now so Mm -hmm. that's uh that's just really insightful Uh, so the second reason uh, that someone could pursue or reach out for counseling is to find a guide who knows the way what is what does that mean what that means is stepping outside of Probably someone's comfort zone. Yeah, naturally. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because um, the the individuals that we meet with, the couples we meet with, re- what is required of them is a tremendous level of courage. Yeah. To say, you know yeah. what, I, I'm going to enter this arena. It feels very unknown. They may ask me to do some things that are mm, difficult for me to do. Go mm-hmm. to places that are really hard to explore, and. Um, it requires courage. Uh, if, if I could speak just briefly, uh, self-disclosure, uh, my dad carried a tremendous father wound hmm. throughout his life. And I would contend today if he had s- reached out, sought help, mm-hmm. a different perspective, yeah. unlike his own, he may have received the help that he needed yeah. that would have allowed him to step into close personal relationships, something he really struggled with throughout his life. Yeah. So um, a guide that knows the way, um, this really isn't most clinicians' first rodeo. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they've, they've seen yes. um, similar stories right. time and time and time again. And they're equipped. They're educated. Yeah. You know, they, they know how to guide an individual or a couple through mm. distress. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a movie guy. Most people know that. Um, and for me, when I think of this, I just think of Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker. So Star Wars, if you don't uh, watch Star Wars, then shame on you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm just kidding. There are probably some of you out there that don't like it. And that's OK. However, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Jedi Knight, guy who's been down the road, down the path. Mm-hmm. And you think of Luke figuring some things out and realizes I don't really know very much. His world expands and he doesn't have really any roadmap. And that's what Obi-Wan is. He's the guide. He's the person that shows him how to use the force. I know I'm nerding out on this stuff, but um, it could get so much worse. So just, you know, <laughs> understand <laughs> that. But, podcast. <laughs> but understanding that he helps him understand what he needs to know. And the counselor can do the same thing. The counselor can literally help you expand that worldview and make sense of it for you. And it's again, it's like, how are you going to go if you want to climb a mountain and you know it's treacherous and dangerous and you don't know the way, then why would you try doing it by yourself? You know, so I just think that that guide, that person that can really be there and help you is so instrumental in getting healthy. Yeah, that that idea of someone who's been there before and not just been through this before in terms of helping one other person, but like this is what they do. You know, so when my when my car breaks down and I'm not a car guy, I don't just approach my random friends and say, hey, can you look at my car? Because you own a car. You can fix it. Right. (laughs) No, I I think of a mechanic that's been trained, has studied, has been under the hood of countless cars. And and they're going to look at it when they open the hood of my car. Unlike me, who I'll just stand there and poke at things, you know, and shake a few things. They're going to look with insight and immediately 
more often than not, go to the heart of the problem. They're going to hear about yep. a few symptoms. Yep. They're going to ask what's it been doing, and they'll be like, "Oh, I bet it's your U joint." Or I, I just, I made that up. <laughs> I don't know if cars have U joints, um, <laughs> but good. I think in a similar way, that's what it's we're good. doing in counseling at Pure Desire. Is you guys have been under the hood of a lot of marriages and right. seen a lot of the symptoms, and and you know, not that every marriage is the same, like a car. So there's differences there, but. But you know what to look for. Indeed. And and I think just that perspective is often what we're missing because we're not experts in marriage. We've only had one marriage or maybe two or three for some of us. Uh, but being an expert in sexual addiction and yep. what it takes to get free of it, it's crucial to have a guide who knows the way. Absolutely. Indeed. And the diagnosis piece is so important on the front end. Yeah. And Pure Desire integrates diagnostic tools, we call them assessments, that are very helpful in identifying Mm -hmm. the issue, the scope of the problem, the relational dynamic, and some of the events from an individual's past that are influencing their current, Mm. their present. Yeah, absolutely. So really, this conversation is just going right into reason number three, which is really the clinical foundation that counseling offers. So let's talk through that. Well, Nick mentioned you probably wouldn't go to your neighbor to diagnose <laughs> and address a mechanical issue sure. just because he's a Unless driver. your neighbor is a mechanic. Yeah. In that right. case, lucky you. <laughs> well, I, I would agree with that. There is a spectrum of helpers within the community that desire to help people. Uh, and they could be family members, could be um, a barber, a counselor, a pastor. Mm-hmm. And some of those are very, very good resources, excellent resources. One thing that's unique about Pure Desire is we recognize the importance of that clinical understanding mm-hmm. of what the research tells us about the brain, the body, trauma, addiction, healing. And so we have one foot in that camp mm-hmm. and then one foot in the spiritual side right. of healing, yeah. restoration, and recovery. So we see the value, we see the importance, and we integrate Uh, those components in helping an individual or a couple. Within this field, there is always ongoing, continuing ed. It's incredibly important that we stay out in front of the information, the research that's being conducted, and have a knowledge of that information. Yeah, absolutely. And how to integrate it in care. I I wonder for a lot of people when they hear the word clinical, what comes into our minds is a medical clinic and doctor's offices mm-hmm. or perhaps even uh, needing to go to inpatient clinical treatment for rehab for addiction because you know, we hear about movie stars that go to these mm-hmm. ultra fancy clinical you know rehab places but when you were when we refer to clinical here we're referring more to the the training and expertise that our team has is that right is that how you would describe clinical that's one portion and it's an important portion mm-hmm. of it the other part nick is the protocol that's integrated into mm. the care and the treatment yeah. of an individual or couple. Yeah. It's having that clinical guideline. Mm-hmm. This is what works. This is how it works. And this right. is why it works. Yeah. yeah. And we integrate that protocol yeah. in the care. Yeah. That's good. I just wanted to make sure no one heard the podcast and was imagining they'd have to go to some mm. office and put on mm. a white gown and get pro <laughs> like, I'm going to need clinical care. What yeah. do they mean? That yeah. it's really that expertise and that protocol that really has been so effective for many, many couples. Well, and the clinical piece brings that educational side, too, where you understand the way the brain works. You understand the way the chemicals in the body are released. You understand a holistic, uh, really the, the holistic uh, benefits to having treatment and then also the holistic 
really side of ha what happens in your body throughout specifically this struggle, right? So we're in the realm of sexual addiction. So that's what we're talking about. So it's really, you can speak to the addictive properties of this addiction, of this uh, this issue in so many different ways. So it's not just are you clinically trained to walk someone through. There's also that educational piece that you have that you understand holistically what it means for someone to be healthy. Indeed. So Tyler, the fourth reason someone should consider clinical counseling is finding resources that specifically help. And in a day and age where you can walk into a Barnes and Noble and the self-help section mm. seems endless, or you know Amazon Books can drop a bunch of self-help books on your doorstep tomorrow. What do we mean by having resources that help? Can't anyone find resources that help, or why would they consider counseling for that? Uh, again, it uh, the guide to help usher an individual or a couple through that healing process is incredibly beneficial. Uh, yes, we can pick up books, um, worksheets. There are a number of different resources that are free and available to each one of us. But to have that established protocol and guides, guideline for healing, um, it's hard to put a price on that. As, as far as the resources that Pure Desire implement, um, we connected a number of years ago with the ITAP organization, mm -hmm. which is the International Institute of Trauma and Addiction Professionals. Um, that's an organization over, overseen by Dr. Patrick Carnes, and he has done research for 30 years in this field. Mm -hmm. And so the research that he has conducted, we implement the findings into our treatment protocol. So with a Pure Desire client, we integrate four different resources for an individual, mm -hmm. six for a couple. Mm -hmm. And so we know the resources that work. They are effective. Yeah. And that's, that's why we use them. Yeah. I think uh, to go back to movies, to comic books, shocker. I just think that like if you if you ever watched Batman, you understand that he has his tool belt and he has the kit there that he always has. Whenever he's out fighting crime, he has exactly what he needs already in that tool belt. And I think that resources are that for us, mm -hmm. that we're equipping ourselves with these resources. And, and naturally, these are things that we're encouraging people to get if they come into our counseling program. But you're equipping yourself with this stuff that's going to help you to, to not only do well in the program, but once you're outside the program, to live in health. So this is stuff that you can refer back to. Like maybe you have a great relationship with your counselor and you can just call them up on a Tuesday afternoon and say, hey, Tyler, just wanted to touch base. I have a couple questions. That's one thing. But then knowing you have this resource that you've walked through, you can go back and look at that resource time after time after time, knowing that that's now in your toolkit. So I think that having the, the right resources is more important than having a breadth or a, a large number of resources. I agree with that. I, I want to include community as a resource. Yeah. After a year-long program, recovery restoration program, uh, there's still much work to be done, and a lot of that's done in community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the value of groups. Uh, quick story. Uh, my wife and I recently bought a new house, and the house we bought has a front gate. I've, I've never owned a front gate or thought of a need for one, but uh, this gate recently quit working and the previous homeowners were kind enough to leave the owner's manual to that gate system. And I pulled it out thinking, I'm going to figure out what's wrong with this. And um, I opened the pages and it quickly became evident that the level of expertise I would need in order to understand how my gate works, which I thought was a basically simple system, 
there's there's practically a computer built into the skate system. And I was reading sentences where it was like, I know every word in this sentence, <laughs> but when you put them together, I have no idea what that means yeah, or what good. they're referring to. That's good. And so I could sit there all day and read that mm. document and it has all the right information. But with my background and understanding, I would not have the ability to apply it. Mm. And I could maybe take the time to take a few classes. I yep. could get mm. there eventually. Right. But on the other hand, I'm like, um, I need to call a gate guy. Cause I'm going to be here all day. And I think that's what we're talking about with resources. Like, yeah. yeah, you can, a lot of the books we use, you could probably order them from ITAP or on Amazon, but just reading the sentences doesn't mean the same thing as being able to apply them and work them into your life. And I feel like looking back on my own experience, uh, working with the group at Pure Desire, it was their insight in how those resources specifically worked in my life and in my marriage that made all the difference. So that may be an encouragement to someone that does love books and they're like, I'm just going to read and study my way out of this problem. It, 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 it's really not that simple. So reaching out to someone that can help you apply those resources is yeah. really vital. Yeah. So, can oh can yeah. Say something yeah, else? of course. One thing we've discovered is real change occurs experientially. Hmm. To read it in a book mm-hmm. is one thing. To right. read the manual, okay. Yeah. But to really, you know, roll up your sleeves and do the work, right. that's where real change takes place. Yeah. I could read an Ikea manual all I want, but until I try to put that table together, I really don't know how to put the table together. And you won't have a table. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Um, all right. So reason number five, the last one for our episode today, uh, simply it works. So let's talk through that. I'd like to be able to share the number of times that we have heard, wow, um, we're going deeper in this content that Pure Desire is providing, this work that we're doing here, than I have in the previous eight years. Wow. I've heard that a number of times. Heard uh, guys in their 60s say, wow, I wish I had known about this 40 years ago. Hmm. I wouldn't have been struggling my entire life if I had known that there was a resource, a group, um, an organization, a protocol, if you will, mm. that could help me out of this pit that I've been burdened by for so very long. Mm. Uh, it was interesting. I, I met with an individual via video conference, and he sh- showed up on the screen, and I thought, this dude is as rough and tumble as they get, and looked straight military, and he started telling a little of his story, and uh, pretty rough. And he, he flew combat missions, and uh, he just a very fascinating story, and no one got close. No one got close to him. By the end of that evaluation session, those two hours with him, and interpreting the data of his assessments, mm-hmm. and just sharing, him sharing with me, and me sharing a little about what we can offer him, uh, at the end of that time together, he had tears in his eyes, and I don't know if this dude's ever cried in his life. I just yeah, don't know if he didn't sure. look the type. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, Tyler, I wish I could reach through this screen and hug you and mm. say thank you. For mm. the first time in my 46 years, I feel like someone understands yeah. and can help. Wow. Mm. And it was a powerful wow. moment. Yeah. That's wow. so awesome. This process works, and we yeah. hear that time and time again. Does that mean that everyone that steps in this arena will be successful? Nope. Right. About 15% don't complete the work with pure desire when they do step in to that counseling environment for a number of reasons. It's difficult work. It's really, really challenging. 
And uh, sometimes that takes people out. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like in so many of these reasons that we're discussing today, there there does come kind of a decision point for the individual who says, I am, I'm willing to do whatever it takes and, and actually then put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. Because I know in my marriage, I'd been pretty upfront with my wife when we got engaged that I was struggling and, hey, I'm, I'm going to do my best not to struggle anymore, but uh, no promises kind of thing. And, and I continued to struggle. And when I would hurt my wife, when when I would get up the courage to confess, I would find myself saying, oh, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything, whatever. And, um, but I don't think I actually was ready to do whatever it took a lot of those times. I was just ready to do whatever would make her feel better. Uh, but when it came to that our breaking point and we found the opportunity to pure desire, my wife kind of flipped that around and in a appropriate way said, I, I thought you said you'd do whatever it takes. And it seems like this is what it takes. Are you willing? And I honestly had to work through that and come to a place of saying, it It looks like it's going to cost me more time and energy yeah. and money than I thought, but maybe that's the problem. Maybe I thought I could do it quicker, easier, on my own, and I'm at year 15, and I'm still struggling with some of the same stuff that hmm. I've hated from the beginning, but I'm back again maybe that's my issue that I think I know how to do it and to, to surrender to the process. And I know, you know, for men, the idea of surrender doesn't sound good. We're not, we're not surrendering to an enemy though. You know, we're not surrendering out of weakness. We're surrendering our ego and our pride and our self-sufficiency that I can figure this out to in humility go, I can't figure this one out and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And that decision point Believing it works, believing the resources are there, believing there's a guide that can help, believing there's a clinical foundation, all of that can help get us to the decision point. Um, but just my encouragement maybe to a listener out there is if if that's what you're wrestling with, mm-hmm. maybe you need some time a- alone to just really think about what's keeping me from doing whatever it takes. Because if there's something that works, why not jump in? Right. And I think it's important to say with this with this reason, number five it works only if people put in the actual work. Like yeah. we don't actually do the work for you. We show you the roadmap, give you the tools you need to actually walk that road, but then you have to walk. We can walk right alongside you, but we're not going to go behind you and push you up that path. You got to do it. And it's, I mean, we talk about this in our groups. We talk about this really in, in anything. Any good coach would tell you that I don't do the work for my players. I show them how, I teach them how, and I mentor them how, and then they have to do it. And it's the same thing with this. We, you know, that guy who you talk to, to to say that, now he knows what he needs to do. He understands the path forward, but he wasn't healed in that moment. That was the front end of his journey, Mm -hmm. but he's got to walk through and he's got to go that path but he doesn't have to do it alone. I think that that's what's really important to understand, mm-hmm. that this isn't something that you have to do on your own. We're here to help, but you have to do the work. And as you said, Tyler, it's a lot of work. It, it is, is a not, lot of work. Yeah. You know, I've told guys, if you give 30%, that's what you'll get on the backside. Yeah. That's what you'll get out of it. Yeah. And you won't be happy with 30%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would also ask people, well, what's the stake? Hmm. What's the stake? And then we begin to take an inventory of what's at stake. That's right. And usually it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It it makes me think, too, it's one of those things, and we've talked about this, that when couples come through the counseling process and look back, almost universally their response is, it was worth it, we'd recommend it to others, we would do it again. And there are many things like that in life that on the front end it's hard to explain or make sense of it because you just don't know what you don't know. And it's like, 
trying to explain maybe to an eight-year-old boy that one day you will love the idea of kissing a girl. And they're like, ooh, gross. That's terrible. That's <laughs> awful. And it's like, but you know, as an adult man who was married, you're like, well, I know things you don't know. Yeah. And, and I've experienced it. And right. until you get there, I, I don't expect you to necessarily agree with yep. me. And, and so for some couples, for men and women to hear what we're talking about counseling because of yep. their paradigm, their family of origin, their background, just the thought of counseling might be like, ugh, I don't need that. But if, if you could take it from people that have walked that road and say, you know, if you could get to the other side, you'll see a lot of things you're not seeing right now. And we'd love to encourage you to take that step and just see what God does next. Absolutely. There are thousands of men and women whose lives have been changed by getting counseling. Marriages have been restored. Families have been given a second chance. And men and women have finally diminished that shame and are now walking in freedom. Uh, all three of us in this room right now are a part of that number. If you're struggling with sexually compulsive behaviors or betrayal from sexual addiction, Pure Desire's counseling program is an option we'd hope you consider. If you want more info, you can check out puredesire.org slash counseling to learn more. You can see what the program entails, how to receive a free consultation. So uh, you probably talked to Tyler in that free consultation, get to spend some time with him. So uh, Tyler, thanks, man, for what you do, and thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. It's a privilege. Thank you both. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe, download, and share. You can also rate and review our podcast. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for others to find the podcast. If you'd like to support the message of hope and healing and developing sexual integrity, go to puredesire.org slash give. For more information about the ministry, check out our website, puredesire.org. And you can follow us on social media, at puredesirepdmi. Once again, that's at puredesirepdmi. We'll see you next time. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.